0: People voted in record numbers in this presidential election. They voted in person. They voted by mail. They voted on November 3rd. And they voted before November 3rd. President-elect Joe Biden and his side are calling it a victory. And President Trump and his supporters are saying not so fast. The president has filed many lawsuits contesting the validity of many votes. He claims he won and widespread voter fraud is skewing the real outcome. Is it possible? Can and have poll workers injected their own political views into the ballot boxes? We'll take a look at all of those things and more as we wrap up, hopefully, election coverage. This is the Words with Wizards podcast, your look at the world through the lens of West Warwick High School. It's where we talk to interesting people, visit cool places, and sometimes hit on a big story. And at the end of it all, you'll learn a little more about what's going on in the land of the orange and black.
1: So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show.
0: Hi there, and welcome to the show. This is episode 12, and today is Monday, November 23rd, 2020. I'm your host, Eric White, a teacher here at the high school. And we'll take one last look, hopefully, at the presidential election of 2020, this time with a local angle on the story. But before that, I need to update you all on some semi-breaking news. Due to the spike of uh, COVID-19 cases in the state and nationwide, the high school and middle school will be virtual for the foreseeable future, at least into December, possibly January. We will have more on that in upcoming episodes. But right now, let's focus for the last time, hopefully, on the election that took place November 3rd. I spoke with town clerk Mary Ann Kelly and a West Warwick High School student who worked the polls on election day to see what goes on before, during, and after the votes are cast. And also I wanted to see, what is the likelihood of voter fraud? No matter what, one fact is indisputable. More people turned out to vote than ever before.
1: Probably was the biggest turnout ever and I say that without I mean it was just amazing the turnout and we weren't really prepared for it now you got to remember because of COVID the, the, the problem was we went from you know normal uh, elections 10 polling places and whatnot suddenly in March now, we're supposed to have a presidential preference primary in April, and suddenly COVID hit. Everything was shut down immediately. And I, I can tell you, interestingly enough, that since I've been here, this is my seventh year as a town clerk, we've been trying to get mail balloting passed, because mail balloting is really the most secure way to vote. And um, but it's never passed and everybody's afraid. Everybody's afraid people who pass their ballots a month before and then they can change their mind the day before things like there was, you know, all the fears that come up with change yeah. came up with the, this specific, um, niche. And I think that what happened was as insane as it was, because we went from having an April presidential preference primary, it's a September primary grant, West Warwick has a budget referendum in between those two as well, another election, plus the presidential election. We did that all between March and November. Wow. And when you change an entire voting system in that little bit of time, the commitment to exactness, to purity has got to be there because... We've never done this before. So we did the unprecedented, completely unprecedented of not only having in West Warwick four, uh, anyone else three who doesn't have a referendum in a short amount of time, we changed the way you voted too. Mm-hmm. So now you have to vote by mail or you could vote early in in person emergency or you could vote on election day. It was quite honestly nothing shy of insanity And yet, being someone who I started in elections about 22 years ago, I love elections. I worked in elections for six years in Connecticut before being asked to run for for the town clerk job, which I did for four terms there before coming to West Warwick. So I've been in elections a long time, and I tend to like the craziness of elections. It's something that's just so wonderful to, to me to, number one, ensure that people's votes are counted and they their voices are heard but just the whole thing that goes with it the air is really something it's 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 hard to explain it's almost magical at times and yet you're exhausted beyond compare yeah you you can't work enough hours we have some problems um, but we everything that happened We solved. I have always have this little thing that I say to my staff when we're all falling apart. Just remember, elections are a million problems, a million problems solved. Because you have to ensure the voice of the voter, and that's the goal. And I think we had like 75, 80 percent turnout in West Warwick, which is huge, because statistically speaking, West Warwick comes out for uh, the the last election, I think it was 65 percent turnout. So it, it was huge we had have, have no opinion which we can, no one can have an opinion um no matter what we thought we in our office we're very diverse we all respect each other's rights and i have said very often to people very staunch 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 believers you know how much you believe that so does the person who believes what you don't agree with it's called respect and i have to agree and i can have some opinions that you never want to hear me have but the bottom line is, there's a respect that there seems to be missing in some of everything that's gone on during this election the right to choose who you want and not be afraid. I mean, people are losing friends over things like that. So, our office has to ensure that no matter what you say, your voice will be heard, your ballot will be cast. We had lines down Main Street, out the door, before we opened the doors. It was insane. We had we set up a polling place, which we always have to do for emergency. People have to vote earlier. And we had two people come in and a greeter because we're close to the public. And we had to have our doors open according to the, the, the law. Yeah. So we couldn't keep the doors locked in up when people called us on the phone and we'd come out and help out what they needed. So we had to have a greeter there as well so that he could make sure unless you were voting you couldn't come in the building. Yep. So now
0: this is when when did when did early voting start in the town?
1: October fifteenth. And and from there it went to November second. It was eight thirty to four thirty, Monday through Friday and then on November second till four. Yep so that started i mean we never expected the turnout and first day we said more people we set up more privacy booths we set up we got more poll workers we set up another poll station we had hall people we had disinfecting people mm-hmm. when you have we we were ready for being distanced we were following all the COVID. but when you have that many people that's that many bodies coming through a building that is closed and during COVID, we never. I think I think Lysol can give all pay all their employees on the amount of Lysol we've used <laughs> this year. Let's
0: talk about younger people because we've had some high school kids and former uh, recent graduates help out at the polling places. Why is it important to get the young people involved in the election process?
1: Every year, the Secretary of State dictates that each town must take two hours at the high school, the local high school, doing pre-voter registration. So we would have two members go in to register high school kids and like Nellie Gore, secretary of state Corbea would come in a few times. Um, Patricia Keenan, who is very involved with the school committee and stuff. She was involved. It was a a fun thing, but we had to do it. And we would sign up people who might want to work for the polls, working for the polls for high school students means you have to have a, a, a B grade average. You have to do so much community service. It's, it's not just anybody can do it. And they screen them, and then we get the names. Well, more and more kids wanted to be part of it. And Madison and Olivia Fitz were two people who were very interested, two students, high school students, very interested in getting more people involved. Yep. They are very interested in the process.
0: Fitz, who will graduate this year, and her sister Madison Fitz, a graduate of West Warwick High School who now goes to Brown, worked the polls on election night.
2: I started working them when I was, like, 16, and I wanted to help out the community and um, just, like, see familiar faces and to build a resume.
0: So this isn't the first time you've done You did them a couple of years ago?
2: Yeah. I started when I was 16, and I have worked every election since. Uh,
1: They were helping us recruit people, young people. Worked at the polls. It was amazing. When I tell you it was amazing, how many signed on and showed up. You always have a small percentage who just never show up that day.
0: Is it a volunteer, or do you get paid for working at the polls?
1: You do get paid. Okay. Yes, you do. You they, they get they have to do a training. It was virtual it's usually in person now they're going to be virtual that pays $25 for anybody every single person who works even if you're the door person goes in training because if somebody doesn't show up the door person can end up in a higher role so every single person um gets trained and then on election day we have each polling place has a moderator who oversees the whole production uh, i think they get $225 for the day the pay is not good and then the clerk who basically oversees the internal workings of it gets 215 and all the workers whether you're a supervisor checking people in or a line person greeting or whatever you are that's 175 so for a kid to make 200 it's it's not, it's a little bit of money they have to bring their own food but it's a great experience to understand the process
0: and according to kelly switching to computers from the old balloting system has worked out well
1: at the end of the night you just hit a button it tallies if you have a problem it can be fixed yeah. nothing's ever lost i mean it's so much better yeah
2: but at the same time a lot of people get nervous about
0: it and fitz agrees the system works
2: with these new pole pads they literally just scan the their license the barcode on the back and then it just like um if you voted already, it would just tell you. Or if you're at the wrong location, it tells you. So it's really hard to cheat or like to do to ballot.
0: With COVID, did you lose workers because they chose not to be in the polling place because of age or just fear of getting sick?
1: Yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Uh, many of, especially the older workers, people, I lost many, many people in the last four elections to COVID. They just banned. Here's another thing that happened. Always as you get closer to the election, especially the week before, every day people drop out. And then you play this little game. I'm really good at it. You've been doing it for 22 years. You better be good at it, right? But then you play this game to rearrange people, call people, do whatever you have to do. Um, And quite a few. Did drop out because of that. I had somebody who was young, but she had breast cancer. Yeah. Compromise, absolutely stay home. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Somebody who had some issues. She thought she could work. No, stay yeah. home. Yeah. That was. I mean, we will find people, and on election day, I think like nine or ten people just didn't show up. Hmm. That's where Madison and um, Olivia and the, all their friends. We were just like call anybody. You can get people in here. And these kids, they were just making calls and getting their friends in there. We put them in the back of the room to watch the um, recorded training for an hour, bring them back. I mean, it worked out fantastic. The whole day went very, very smoothly, even with a rough
2: start.
0: And Fitz says in the pandemic, that this election was a little different than working past elections.
2: It's a little bit different now that like, we can't really socialize as much with the people who come in and vote but it's you just check them in you get them out you can still socialize a little bit it's not like they don't really recognize you as much so it's a little tougher
0: on top of that kelly says there's something that always goes wrong
2: there's always rough start. always nothing ever
1: goes right in the beginning of election day a machine doesn't work people don't show you name it the doors aren't open the janitor forgot to show up and we work we work it out and nobody has ever
0: denied a We'd like to recognize a couple of sponsors for the media broadcasting and journalism pathway at the high school. Gold Star Retirement and Insurance and Alex Smith. When your family buys insurance through Gold Star, you help build a sustainable resource for Rhode Island educators. The Gold Star team delivers. Everybody deserves peace of mind. Contact Alex Smith at alex.smith at Horusman.com. That's H-O-R-A-C-E-M-A-N-N dot com. And the Arctic Playhouse, located at 117 Washington Street in West Warwick. Links to both businesses are at the bottom of the YouTube version of this podcast. Now, back to the show. So, it's, uh, do you think it's important, especially, with you know, with some, with some of the older people dropping out? I mean, they're not all older people who dropped out because of, um because of COVID. But does that make it more important for for the younger generation to to pick up the torch and get involved in these things?
1: I think so. I think that once you understand the value of what you're doing, you know, when you're asking a young person or anybody to work 16 hours a day for low pay, by the way, bring all your own food and bring plenty of water because we don't know if the water fountain's working over there or whatever it is. You know, you're asking a lot. And when you have people who commit to it. You can see it. They're always there. They're always, And then there's people who just want to do it for that day you never hear from again. It's typical of any job, people who stay for two weeks, people who stay for 20 years. But the young people, having them involved, to have these young people, it's so, so important. The value of what they're doing and what it means to the process. Because people have said to me since the election, how do I know nobody changed my ballot? Which amazes me all the time because it says to me, somebody's saying, we're not altruistic in what we're doing, okay? We somehow are waiting for a chance to do something, which is so, so, so far from the truth. When I watch on TV and I see they think there's voter fraud at the local level, it kills me because the integrity of, I'll tell you what, 169 towns in Connecticut, 39 in Rhode Island I will speak for, we take this very, very seriously, that your voice is counted. And we will bend over backwards to ensure that the thought that anyone would say we're doing anything outside of that blows my mind. Everybody's, in the end, everybody's vote counts, or you know why. We don't just throw votes away. You need to know what we do, why your vote didn't count. You know, so, if you do a provisional ballot, that means. You're not on our system, or you're canceled in our system, or something like that, but we still want you to vote. You tell us you live in West Warwick, your license still says Cranston, things like that. We'll give you a provisional ballot. And then what we do is become detectives. You can go to the nth degree on every ballot to find some way, shape, or form to believe that person is that person.
0: Is that the work that's happening in the month after Election Day? That you're yes, talking about. That's so.
1: what we're doing now.
0: It sounds like, it, as somebody who's been doing this for 22 years, it sounds like it, it bothers you that the that the issue has become politicized about uh, mail-in ballots and accuracy of absentee ballots and things like that.
1: Well, when you're providing um, a, an avenue for people to vote, no matter what, if we got to get you a ballot in the hospital, we're going to make sure you get it, kind of thing. And this kind of stuff comes up, and it does become political, and it becomes a way almost fodder to say, "This—they're throwing your ballot away. They're—they're changing your ballot. They're doing that." This it will become political, not on our end, but it will become political because if you believe that, you don't believe in democracy, because the whole democratic system is based on your right to choose in this whether it's a you know whether it's a candidate or not so if it becomes political and once again i don't care who you're for but don't make the voting end of it political because you have a right to walk in there and never anyone note your vote and to cast for the person you think is going to do the best job i so respect that person the person who tries to make people feel like one side is throwing your ballot away and we're protecting you here it has nothing to do with what the work we're doing whatever that's for we can't have politics in elections we don't have the luxury of saying hey guess who i think you should vote for and i wouldn't call i shouldn't call it a luxury because it would be a diminishment of someone else's right to choose so there's so much more involved and when you bring politics into it you lose people I had more people say, I didn't know what to do, I just didn't vote. Mm. No, you know what I mean? People become nervous, oh my God, if I vote for that one, I'm gonna lose friends. Mm. That's another thing that's happening. How sad is that? We are actually removing certain people in our lives because of their political philosophy, because of their political choices, rather than saying, oh my God, are you crazy to vote for so and so? I would never vote for that. And I've heard it on both sides.
0: In spite of the controversy, Kelly is excited about the future of the election process.
1: That's exciting to me, to yeah. see how many kids are getting involved. I think that I'd probably be, we probably had 70, 80 poll workers, and probably 30 to 40 were kids.
0: That's great. That's great. That's great. Yes, it was,
1: a, or young people, not necessarily high school, but young. Yeah. Um, we had such a great crew of, for those 10 polling stations that, we need people involved. We need to have rallies that speak to the senses, not to the anchor. Everything that so far has come up, that was fraud, has been debunked at this point. And I would hope that we will continue to debunk. In that one case of fraud, I'm sure there's. If you, yeah. I tell you what, if you want to commit fraud, you're going to find a way.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Here's what happens: once the words words are on page one or on Facebook or whatever, the retraction is on page six.
0: Yes yeah so when
1: we correct it then people don't really realize it they believe it and if somebody says to you oh my god there's so much voter fraud let me tell you an incident because they heard something that somebody heard that somebody heard that disenfranchises so many voters who would have voted
0: thanks for tuning in the music for the podcast including the opening and closing theme and the music in between segments comes from we video I also use Twisted Wave to produce the show, which is a product of the media broadcasting and journalism pathway at West Warwick High School. If you're a student listening to this and are interested in learning more about radio, TV, and journalism, then you can contact your guidance counselor. Also, more information is below on the YouTube version of this show. And you can also listen to the podcast on Spotify. The pathway and shows like this are not possible without your support. Part of being a sponsor is that you and your business can get exposure on this and other pathway broadcasts. Funding goes toward the purchase of new equipment, student scholarships, and professional development. You can find more information on the sponsorships, which are tax deductible, at the bottom of the YouTube version of this podcast. And on that note, I'd like to thank Gold Star Retirement and Insurance and the Arctic Playhouse for their continued support. That's it for us this week. Stay safe and stay informed.